Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, what to do while you wait. Here we go. Today, we're going to talk about our guidance on what to do while you wait in a reception for an interviewer. Have we talked about this before? Yeah, but it would apply in any situation, right, where you're waiting for somebody. But but I'll tell you what. I mean, I've probably said it a couple of hundred times. The reason we're making it a cast is um, Wendy realized that from talking to people, you know, lots of people still didn't know. It was just one of those black holes. We're like, oh, gosh, we've never given guidance on that. And people say things like, yeah, I was checking email and the guy interrupted me. <laughs> I, 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 now, now, look, I, I'll tell you, this makes me, you know, I take, suppose old in the sense that, that you know, I, you couldn't check email on a portable device, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago when I was interviewing. But holy moly. I mean, here's a new technology interrupting what is, you know, uh, an important moment or here's new technology that that really there are no rules for relative to to this and sunning. I'm just like, dude, e- even if your phone is important to you, there's nothing more important than having the right demeanor and doing the right things during the time you're waiting. And somebody, I, I actually said that to somebody and they said, no, no, there are things more important. I said, there's nothing more important while you're waiting, right? I mean, there are rules and, and all you have to do is follow the rules, right? Well, talking about losing sight of your objective. I don't think you're sitting yeah, in somebody's yeah. reception area with the I'm objective waiting, of so doing about mail. Me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and, 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 you know, this, our guidance here, it's, it's, it's like interview etiquette a little bit, but it's, it's a mix of some practical things to do and what not to do. And the idea that checking your email on your phone is a way to show that you're a busy person doesn't show you're a busy person. It just makes you unready and unaware when in fact somebody comes in. Right. And even even if you thought that it was useful to get through your mail because you are a busy person, in the context of interviewing, there are some things that are more effective at that moment yes. you can be doing that will improve your chances of getting the job that you're interviewing for. And it does occur to me when you say more important, I think there's some people going, well, you know, that's what I want to do. I say, okay, that's fine. Just don't expect yourself to do great in the interview. If you're just playing in an interview, right, then then a lot of our guidance will probably flow around you and not really hit you. And that's okay. Just recognize though, that when you really want an interview, when you really want a job and you haven't prepared, you haven't played the way you're supposed to play uh, in the past, you will have learned bad habits. So right. That's why we recommend such a high standard around it. Yeah. So let's just assume that people, <laughs> when they're interviewing, they actually they want a job offer. They, they want the yeah. offer. And what, so they're, they're we'll sitting go ahead in and the do reception that. area. <laughs> what, the, what can they do to be more effective? Yeah. Four, four things. First of all, you, you don't start what you can't finish, which is a huge error that people engage in. They get busy at stuff. Number two, you've totally got to use your preparation. I mean, it's a time to prepare. It's another time to prepare. It's not cramming. It's just more prep time. Number three, you actually read the information supplied. I mean, you don't want to read a six-month-old Time magazine, but if there's information that's around the company that often is not available elsewhere, uh, or externally anyway, then you want to read it. And the last thing you've got to do, I, I you know, folks, if you don't realize that you're in the interview, the, in, the interview has started, or, or, or if you really want to be precise, the evaluation period has started, even if you're not in a room with one other person being asked questions. And that means you got to smile. Uh, you simply have to put your best foot forward uh, or your best teeth forward. I don't know. <laughs>
Unless you have your foot in your mouth. Yeah, yeah there you go. Never so four things. Bad joke. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. Okay, so what, what do you mean by don't start what you can't finish? What, yeah, what do you look, mean by that? Guys, you, you can't start a phone call. You can't talk on the phone, on your cell phone, when you're waiting for an interview. You cannot. It would be rude to suddenly just hang up on somebody or whisper as if the receptionist or some manager or HR person or somebody else, you didn't want them to hear you. Don't don't start a phone call. Don't answer a phone call. Don't get a bunch of your papers out to look at and spread them all over the coffee table that's sitting in front of you. Don't empty your pockets of stuff looking for things. Don't decide this is the ideal time to clear your email backlog or or your blog reader feed, right? I mean, it, it's not. I mean, this is not a time to think I've got free time. This time is not free. Are you against the idea of using these little snippets of time to be more productive. I mean, for example, no, no, we, no, no. You know, no. I clear my email while waiting in line at the supermarket, right? I, I make, yeah, because you do that. I, a lot. I'm waiting at the yeah. bank. I make quick phone calls. I got to make. I'm waiting for my, you know, Sydney to get out of school, and I'm checking my blog reader to catch up on the news. I mean, so what's wrong with making no, use I'm of this time? That 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 that's you know that's using your interstitial spaces. I'm okay with that. It, the difference between those times and when you wait in reception for an interview is that you're already being evaluated. You're already in the interview. You're not interviewing when you're at the supermarket or at the bank, right, or waiting for Sydney. During those times, you're not trying to give the impression of a smart, organized, polite, socially aware person getting ready to be interviewed about a future job opportunity. But when you're sitting in reception, the most important thing that's happening to you is you're waiting for an interview. No phone call. Now, look, if, you're, if your spouse calls three times in the span of two minutes, even though you've told him, I'm going to be waiting, you know, my phone will be off. Look, and we've said before, have your phone off, right? Just the fact that your phone is on. What happens when you decide to make a call? Your phone is on. You make a call. You're in the middle of the call. Somebody comes in. You say, oh, I got to go. Excuse me. Bye. And you hang up. How many people are going to hang up and then go, okay, and I've got to turn this off. And the and in the next 20 seconds, the interviewer is just staring at you. Oh, and trying to shake your hand while you're looking at your phone and not making good eye contact. Yeah. Look, we want people to succeed. We do. And th that's why we do career tools, why we share all this detailed knowledge. But I have to tell you, if you're doing that and you don't think that that's going to have an effect, you're nuts. I mean, first impressions are particularly important, but you've got a thousand opportunities. I mean, it, it sounds funny to say it, but it's, I, I say it for a fact, it's way more than people realize how many opportunities they have to win or lose in an interview. And in the first two or three minutes, you probably got 10 or 15 and you're blowing five or six of them. Right. And then you want to say, well, but it's okay. I've got good answers to their questions. Well, okay, but why throw this away? Simply because you want to make a phone call that arguably could have waited two hours. Right. So, so the fundamental mindset change here is that the interview or the evaluation process doesn't start when you walk into that hiring manager's or recruiter's office and start answering questions. It starts as soon as you go into the building, right? As soon as you get yeah. on the premises of wherever you're going. Yeah. Now, now look, obviously, if you live in a small, smaller town that uh, has a couple of major employers, and you're in line at the grocery store, you may not be in, in reception waiting for an interview, but there's still, folks, there's still obviously some professional smarts in being aware. In fact, I'll not forget the time that one of my mentors said, look, I know you grew up wearing shorts and flip-flops. I know you love surfing. I know you're a beach volleyball player, Mark. And there are people who miss the fact that you're 
who you are because you're dressed like that and you're going to have to dress differently sometimes. And I absolutely paid attention. So be aware of those things when you're in the supermarket line, when you're waiting for your kids, that there could in fact be a two or three minute opportunity to, to impact somebody. And it's not hard and you can do it. That, that said, those are not in reception waiting for an interview, but don't kid yourself when you meet a more senior person at another company that you know or, or, or know of, you are being evaluated. I, I, I tell people at conferences all the time, heck yeah, I'm evaluating you. <laughs> yeah. You're a professional. I want to find out how good you are. If I evaluate you effectively, I can answer you better and and deliver more value for you based on what kind of disc profile you have, based on your experience, whether I would tell you story X or story Y or story Z, whether or not if, if my company has an opening, whether or not I think you might be right for it, whether you're on the bench or off the bench. Yeah. So look, if you're if you're halfway through an email or a text in the supermarket line, and you fumble your phone back into your wallet or back into your pocket uh, uh, and you get your wallet out of a different pocket and make everybody wait for seconds, you're going to get a dirty look, but, you, but but it's okay, right? But if you're starting an email and you're waiting for an interview and you make her wait 15 seconds, just like I said, you pick up your portfolio, you shake hands and everything, but you're kind of rushed and you got to worry about guys has to worry about the flap on their, on their, the flap on the pocket of their suit coat and so on. It's a total negative impression. And frankly, here's the thing, folks. If early impressions are negative, and by the way, all of this is a function of you wanting to make a couple of not critical phone calls, not critical emails, right? If the first impressions are negative, the important thing that happens, this is what most people miss, the interviewer flips a switch and starts looking for more negative. Hmm. That's what people do. If the first 10 things, seven of them are negative, they go, mm, not good. I have my antenna up. And then, of course, they're looking for it and they see it. Now, you might say, well, Mark, that doesn't sound fair. Well, in fact, if you and I are interviewing in the same place at the same time and I give a negative impression and you give a positive impression, it's not that I make more mistakes after that or you make more mistakes after that. It's because I made a negative impression, the interviewer notices them. Yeah, your reticular activating system is engaged. Exactly, exactly. And and somebody might say, well, that's not fair. In fact, somebody said it to me that once and I said, oh, okay. <laughs> Why don't you complain about that to the interviewer that it's not fair, that someone making a human value judgment about another human's value to an organization that is essentially a bunch of people, that fairness is not the first rule of order. I mean, welcome to the human race where we're all emotional creatures. If folks listening haven't listened to or purchased our interviewing series, and I don't know if we've mentioned this elsewhere, but the recruiters probably, I think you've, you've done what, 15 interviews in a single day? Oh yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Easy. 20. Yeah. And then take, and then take that with the objective of, you know, the interviewers looking for reasons to say no, right? They're not looking for yes. They're, they're looking for ways to eliminate you. Yeah. That's, right? that is in fact the fundamental, right? Interviewing is an artificial reality designed to keep people out. Otherwise, if it was designed to get people in, which is what most candidates think, then of course the interviewing process would be much easier and we would win people out after we hired them. The whole point of professional interviewing is to avoid false positives, a hire that turns out bad. And so if you're in doubt, you say no. And, and interview, professional interviewers and most managers who have any kind of experience at all walk into the interview saying, I'm going to say no. I'm going to look for no. And only when I get through the interview and discover, gee, there are no no's, then I say, okay, now are there positives? right? I've got them out of negative into neutral, but but I haven't looked for positives. And that's why we often recommend second and third and fourth interviews, right? But yeah, people think, oh, he's looking for positives. He wants to hire me. The fact that I, my resume passed through 
and by the way, this is a true statement, means I can do the job. But yeah, that's true, but it doesn't matter. The fact that you can do the job doesn't mean they're, they're wanting to say yes all of a sudden. Yeah. If, you, if you're in the first of, you know, 15 interviews and somebody's wasting even 15 seconds of your time while they're fumbling, you know, in their pocket yeah. trying to put their phone away or whatever, that does not leave a good impression. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, we've made some recommendations before. We did tell you in our cast about what to take to interviews, not to take your phone. And so some people are probably going, why, why are they suggesting that? The fact is, a lot of people don't listen to us. And too many people feel surgically attached to their phone and, and can't leave it behind. But of course, folks, this is a good reason not to take your phone. You're going to sit there. If they don't have the right reading material, if you don't have your preparation material, you're literally going to reach into your pocket without even thinking about it and grab your phone and start looking at it. And if you don't have it, you can't be tempted. So the problem even goes further than temptation. The real problem is we're also used to answering just one email on our phones that we're likely to continue that usual behavior. It literally is a learned pattern behavior. It's habit. And we're not saying it's a bad habit. There are times when it's bad. So you're on the phone. It's your habit to look up when somebody comes near, check out who it is, maybe smile, maybe acknowledge it, maybe not. And then go finish that last little bit of that email. In fact, I've seen people's faces and, and body language. They look up at you with their eyes, their head comes up, and then their eyes come up. And then their eyes go back down. I mean, the act of looking at you, when they're actually looking at you, their head and eyes and, the, and their body language is already saying, I'm going to go back to my email because that's what we can do at work and get away with it. And the message sent is the interviewer. The message is more important. That email is more important than the interviewer. And that's not the message you want to give to an interview. So leave your phone in the car. And look, same thing about, about papers, right? You, you don't, do not want to send a message that you're going to put your papers all over the reception table and you're going to make it a little workspace. It's not your workspace. Okay. And the only thing worse than working on them is having to put them away quickly. And again, stumbling around, being half bent over, putting away your papers, looking down at the papers while sticking your hand out to shake hands. You're not going to give a good handshake, even if you'd listen to the handshake podcast, right? Don't take out a magazine you brought with you. Well, I, I'm going to bring a magazine to pass the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anything which will need putting away or tidying up before you leave, other than something you can hold in your hands and slip quickly into your pocket, is a mistake. Something else too. Let me make another suggestion, which will surprise some people. Don't take an offer of a drink in reception. Okay? The problem is you don't know how long you're going to have to wait. And no amount of water that they give you in reception or anything else will be enough that an hour later, if you're struggling in the interview, your mouth won't be dry. Okay? Your mouth will be dry in the interview, even if you drink a ton of water. And too much water, if in fact you end up waiting longer and they keep bringing you water and you keep drinking it, thinking I got to keep my <laughs> mouth moist so I can sound good, is going to create a completely different problem. And you're literally going to be distracted, not by your water, but by where your water is. Yeah. So don't do it. Don't do it. And there's, and people say, well, Mark, maybe just a little bit. Okay, fine. If you want to take a sip, fine. But I've seen it happen. 35, 40 minutes later, it's been four or five glasses. And then you stand up, meet the recruiter and go, is there a bathroom nearby? And the recruiter looks down at his watch and, go, and he's not going to deny you, looks down at his watch, go, okay. And they're already starting 10 minutes late. And then you take another 10 minutes and then they shake your hand later and your hand is moist. Seriously. It's literally a string of deaths that you're living when you do that. So no yeah. water interception. You may not get eliminated because of it. But again, you're not starting off in a great position. And they're more sensitized to finding other faults, right? So Right, exactly. 
Okay. Do use your preparation. What do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah, look, okay. We recommend in, an, in another one of our interviewing casts in terms of preparation, right? That we call it the general store analogy, right? That you prepare three to five cards specifically for each interview. The cards cover the three to four key points you want to make sure you convey, um, your key competencies and the, and particularly the examples you're going to use in order to build your behavioral interviewing question answers. And then lastly, questions you want to ask at the interview. Now, I'm thinking it's five to 10, probably at most three to five cards. And if you've done your work, then they're already available to you. All you have to do is take the five or 10 most important ones and slip them in the breast pocket of your jacket or, or ladies can put them in, the, in, in their coat pocket on the outside. It takes no more than 20 minutes to gather them together and reviewing those, reviewing three to five cards. If, if you've got your three to five cards in your hands in front of you, like you're holding a, a, a smartphone sideways and you're looking at them and flip them one by one, and then someone comes in, you've got them in both hands. You let go with one hand, you slide them into the pocket that you need to slide them into, and then you stand up. It, it's two seconds, right? So that does, that's not spreading out. It is very valuable. You're preparing for the interview, reminding yourself of the key questions, the key answers, and so on. Look, if you got to the interview by train or bus, by public transport, you can take them out to review on the train or bus. That kind of portability in a three to five card makes it great. And again, in that moment where you're finally going to meet the interviewer, it's literally trivial. It's a second to, to put them away. That's how you, you, Remember one more key point that might make the difference. And, and again, why would you read a six month old magazine when in fact you have another 20 minutes to prepare when you've been in the previous week preparing? You probably thought to yourself a couple of times, gee, I probably should have spent more time. You know, I'm busy at work. I don't have time, whatever. I'd like more prep time or got to put the kids to bed. I'm really tired tonight. I'm going to prep tomorrow. And here you got 20 minutes and you're throwing it away. So definitely have your prep stuff ready. Uh, you don't, you don't take 80 cards, right? Don't spread them across the table. You don't have to shuffle them, right? Maybe five, no more than 10 cards. Take them out, hold them in a single stack, look at them one by one. Um, just flip the top one to the bottom after you're done reviewing it. Remind yourself of the experiences you have that you want to make sure the interviewer hears, right? Remember, the interviewer knows nothing about you other than what you tell them, okay? Just because you've done it, you don't get credit for what you've done. You get credit for what the recruiter knows or thinks you've done. Remind yourself of the questions you want answers. Remind yourself of the experience and competencies which make you great for the role. And then slip them into the jack jacket pocket and you're there. No sweat. Yeah. Now, if you're sitting in the reception area, you know, often there are newspapers and magazines and other materials right. left in the reception for visitors. And we recommend you read those, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, but well, okay, yeah. But, but again, selectively, right? Hopefully, you've already read this morning's business press in preparation for the interview, Right. And uh, as one person says, well, I don't get it delivered to my to my house. Well, okay, you you can get the journal online. If there's a Wall Street Journal or Financial Times or a national newspaper, you probably don't need to read that. Okay, and frankly, leaning back on the couch with your legs crossed, with the Wall Street Journal open wide in front of you, where you can't see people going around, is is not good. And it, frankly, it violates the "don't take anything out that needs tidying up later" rule. Right. And the idea that you would be reading the Wall Street Journal that you didn't read earlier and you're reading it in, in the reception area, it's like, oh, I only I only read this when somebody else buys it. It's kind of weird, but that's what people say. It's like, why is he reading the journal? Why wouldn't he have already done that today? So don't read those. Now, there are also sometimes trade papers or business magazines on the table. 
you need to be aware of these if you're taking your career and your job search seriously. If you're looking for a role in an Australian mining company and you haven't read Australian mining this month, then you have bigger problems than what to do while you wait for an interview. Yeah, and, and why wouldn't you want to read that? I mean, that's some exciting stuff. Yeah, well, but, but here's the thing. We assume that if you're interviewing for that company, you've already read it. Okay. The only publications that are really ideally useful for you, assuming you only have 15 to 30 minutes, are the in-house publications of the company you're interviewing with. And by the way, I, I know people who actually have read a trade magazine and then told a story about what they thought was the company they're interviewing for. And it was one of their competitors, right? Oh, you won't God. read about the company's competitors in their own in-house stuff. Okay. At least not positive stuff. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you what, com- there are companies that have in-house newspapers and magazines, which have circulation that's easily as big as a regional or national newspaper in some cases. You know, others have something small, maybe just a single sheet of paper printed up or whatever. Even in a world where so much stuff has gone digital, there's still usually some printed stuff available for visitors. And the information in this stuff is usually not available outside of the company. So in the interest of being well prepared for your interview, you got to flick through the headlines of internal company stuff. You don't need to remember all the details, right? If the right moment comes up, you can say, I just saw in your publication that one of your factories is, you know, is just passed a record and gone over a year without a safety incident. Congratulations. That's great. Uh, now, you wouldn't say that if you're interviewing for a sales job, but if you're interviewing for an operations research job in one of the factories or an engineering job in one of the factories or <laughs> a safety job, yeah, okay, you might mention it. Now, Here's something that, you know, I alluded to with leaning back for the journal and crossing your legs. When you're reading, folks, or when you're looking at three by five, car- three by five cards, we recommend you sit forward in your seat and lean towards the low table, which is usually in the reception area. Okay. Now you might be thinking, okay, that sounds odd. But look, the, the point of recommending that is to avoid the opposite. What most people do when they read is they lean back, they cross one leg over the other, they lean on the arms of the chair, they relax. And maybe this is comfortable in your living room or in Starbucks, but it totally gives a poor impression relative to the environment you're in and the fact that at that moment, your first thought ought not to be reading. It ought to be, how can I present myself to look as professional and wanted to be hired as possible? And we want alert and aware as a mentality rather than just chilled out and I'm super relaxed. The whole idea of I'm super relaxed Sounds good in that, yeah, I know you want alert and aware, but I'm naturally alert and aware. I'm a cat that's totally aware even when I'm sleeping. And so you you say to yourself, I'm going to be cool and calm and collected. Well, I got to tell you, companies don't want cool and calm and collected. Further, in the interview, when you make a mistake, you're going to panic. All the cool, calm and collected will go away. It's much better to be alert and aware in the reception area. And then when you're in the interview and you make a mistake, you stay cool, calm, and collected then. That's when you get points for being cool, calm, and collected, not when you're waiting. So lean forward, okay? And and maybe you have to do that for 30 minutes. Okay, it's 30 minutes of your life. Do it. Oh, by the way, the publications are usually yours for the taking. We would suggest you take one if you can, if in fact- Not into like the interview though. But you don't take it into the interview. You don't take it before the interview. It's just something more to fuss with during the interview, something to carry, something to put away. It may not be, you may not want to fold it. It may not be foldable, right? Pick one up after you sign out of the building or as you walk out. And if you're uncomfortable about that, ask if you can. And if they say, well, I'm not sure, then just say, no, no problem. It gives you useful information to study when you get home. And it's something that's only available internally. But it prevents that awkward, what do I do with this now kind of thing. Right. 
Now, our last point to me is we, we save the, the best for last because this is the one that to me, it's pretty obvious, but most, well, maybe not most, but a lot of folks really don't get, which is the idea of smiling. Yeah. I've, I've talked about this recently to people about, I look at people walking down the hall and they don't even smile back. It's a power play. It's rude. It's unprofessional. And and there are people who say, well, I'm being professional by not smiling. Sorry, folks. <laughs> okay. You're mistaken. What, what company do you want to work for? Yeah, yeah. Where it's professionalism is defined yeah. as not smiling. Yeah. Oh, it's power. You know, it's a power thing. It's, I don't know who you are. You're not important to me. So I can, I can just look at you and then look back at my work because I'm so busy. I can ignore people. Not that it's all about people, but anyway, look, we do recommend you look at in-house publications, but the point is that is secondary to the fundamental thing is you've got to not lose contact with the environment around you. There's nothing in that in-house publication. uh, If you've done your pre-work anyway, which will make or break your interview. On the other hand, if you ignore an interviewer or their colleague, or you give an otherwise poor impression while you sit there in terms of your interaction with the people, you're going to lose the opportunity. If the receptionist is close to you, you know, the space is small and you can talk to him in a reasonable voice and is not busy, it's okay to chat a little bit. You know, you can ask them, you know, busy day, have they seen the sun, how long have they worked here, so on. You can make some small talk. And receptionists, quite frankly, are often asked about their opinion of candidates. And if, in fact, the perception that they got of you in the interview is good, but you are dismissive or rude to the receptionist, that'll be the kiss of death. You've got to be friendly and open. But look, wherever you sit, however big the space, you look up and smile at everybody who walks by. Okay. Um, Your interviewer or one of your interviewers will walk past and not introduce themselves. They're not being rude. I suppose sometimes they are. Some interviewers won't want to start the conversation until they're ready. If they just come from another meeting, they're still transitioning, or they want to see who what you look like, right? If you're interviewing all day, somebody may walk in and go, oh, the guy's there. I'm going to go walk by and see who he is. So when I run into him two or three times today, I'll know who he is, right? Also, it's entirely possible they may not know you're the interviewee, and so they're going to ignore you. They may be expecting somebody else. They don't want to introduce themselves until they're sure who you are because they want to put their best foot forward. So look, if you look up and smile at every person as they walk past, you're going to give a positive first impression wherever their head is, whatever they're interviewing you or not, whether it's early or late in the day, doesn't matter. Since at this point, you can't identify an interviewer from a non-interviewer, you smile at everybody. And if you can't identify the interviewer or you have a good idea, we're not suggesting that you proactively jump up and shake the hands of everybody that walks into the room, right? That would be a little bad. That would be bad. Yeah. That, that would be bad. That would be bad. That goes in the category of bad folks. Yeah. Oh, you overachievers just, just smile. That's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. So, so look, being in contact with your environment means being aware of what's going on around you. If someone approaches a door with their hands full, stand up, open the door for them. Okay. Remember, you're trying to make a good impression about being a professional. If someone else sits down, even if they could be your competition, smile, say good morning, shake hands. If in fact it's convenient, right? Folks, it boils down to this. People are watching you show you understand basic manners and politeness. And that's it. Don't start what you can't finish, folks. Um, use your preparation. You got to do your preparation. No, no phone calls, no emails, no blog readers, none of that sort of stuff. Don't open stuff up and throw it all over the, the coffee table in front of you. Do prepare. Take your three by, five, three by five cards out, something small, something portable. Okay. If you want to have those things on your phone and maybe you turn your phone on airplane mode because you simply can't get rid of your phone because you're unable to do that adult behavior. <laughs> okay. I understand. If you've got your three by five card scanned and you can, you can go through them on your phone. Okay. But you've got to be able to put your phone away in one second. 
second. Read the information supplied if it's in-house stuff, because that's stuff you can't get anywhere else. And please smile. Lean forward, sit forward, and say, I'm ready, and I'm a pleasant professional person. And you will, will have reduced another opportunity for the company to say no without even trying very hard. And that's part of what interviewing is about, is giving them no reasons to say no. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. My pleasure, partner. We'll see you next week. So long. Okay. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you again next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.